Eels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Regan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has Kabir Kabir. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Green and Gold Rugby Show, where the show that's getting you over the game line on the hottest topics of Australian rugby. I'm Reg Roberts, your host once again, and joining me once again is, is the one and only Hugh Cavallo. Are you Hugh? I'm good, Reg. I'm good. Another another big week. Let's get stuck into it. Yeah, and we thought we'd bring a special guest to the show tonight just because it is such a big week. Uh, you guys might have heard of him out there. Uh, Matt Rowley, how are you, Matt? Mate, it's good. Uh, thanks, guys, for the invite back onto the show. I noticed I've been relegated to second invitation there, Reg, but uh, fair enough, fair enough. I've been away, away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, it's it's your... Pat, it's 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 Pat, isn't it? Pat. I, I, I just didn't catch the name there, Reg. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll try and make my mark here. But look, I think uh, there's been some feedback on the site that you guys have had too many people on who know what they're talking about, and that uh, they wanted a bit more to be like a bit more club room, like you know, a few people in there <laughs> who were just talking pure BS. So it's good to be back, fulfilling my role. Cut the experts. Let's get some uh, just randoms on the show again. Yeah, good deal. That's me. All right, guys, we do have five burning questions for you tonight. So first question is, how do you grade the Wallabies' performance against the box? Uh, question two, has Curtly Beal already wrapped up the John Eels medal? He's been a star so far. Uh, question three, what changes should Michael Checker make for the Pumas uh, test this weekend? Question four, Twiggy Ball. It's all the talk at the moment. Uh, could that save Australian rugby? And question five, what was the standout performance of the NRC last weekend? Um, let's go straight to the Wallabies. How do you grade their performance, their, their drawn test with the, uh, the Springboks over in Perth over there? Matt, let's get straight to you, mate. We've missed you. Let's get some insight. <laughs> uh, cutting insight. Yeah, look, oh, at the end of the day, it was frustrating, wasn't it? There was just uh, so much uh, that went wrong that you felt should have gone um, so much uh, more right. It's just, it's a classic. I think uh, getting around to calling the Wallabies the dentists these days because it's like they kind of only train with one chapter out of the book. And then all, you know, so they, they kind of don't get to the other chapters. So, you know, this, this week suddenly, you know, we didn't have line out. Um, yeah, you know, scrum was also, uh, you know, pretty shaky at times. Uh, you know, it's the defense was back and it was a bit better, but you know, there's just, oh, we had restarts though, you know, whereas we didn't have that last week. You know, they just, they're never, the, doesn't seem to be any sort of um, complete performance. Um, yeah, yeah, once again, attack uh, was was pretty damn good when we strung some phases together. Um, that was great, but it was just it was just so patchy. And uh, you know, I don't know, it, it, it got away. Um, you know, to a, to a good. I think by the end of the first half, was it? Were we just shading them um, at half time? But then went out um, a bit further just after half time. You thought maybe we'd pull away. And instead, we just kind of drifted off into nothing. So, I don't know. What do you rate that? Um, you know, I guess that's just like a, like a five or a six out of ten. I guess we at least we didn't lose. But geez, it's at home. You'd be hoping for more, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I thought it was massively uninspiring. I, I, you know, whereas that game against the All Blacks, and again, we, we've cop, we cop flack in the past for sort of, I guess, talking up that loss to the All Blacks in the last game, and we can cop that. Well, I guess I can cop that a little bit, you know. But it was still an improved performance. But still, towards the end. 
in that game, you had some sort of hope, and albeit New Zealand scored late to steal the game, but you know there was something there in that Wallaby performance that you had a feeling that they could create something. There was nothing in this. I, it was just you know a lethargic first half, a bit of spark there, which we can talk about a bit later. But that closing out that game was just frustrating to watch. Like Matt, bang on, you you know we get a good set piece, and then that falls apart, and then our defence is good, and then that falls apart. And then our attack's good, and then there's nothing there. Then we decide to kick it constantly. It was just such a frustrating performance, and you know maybe our, the bar of expectation was raised too high after New Zealand. But it was uh, it was uh, a, bit, a bit of a reality check, I reckon, in that one. Yeah, and, and I mean clearly the thing that absolutely fell apart. I mean, especially in the first half. And again, you just don't know why someone would need to talk to them about this. Is just the breakdown just yep. went. Absolutely to pieces. Um, you know, I, I, I find myself – in the past with other Wallabies teams, I didn't have to. But I find myself both when I'm watching the Waratahs but also watching the Wallabies is as when they're on attack, as they go into the breakdown – I don't know if anyone else – I tense up with each breakdown because it yeah. really just looks like we're just about to get turned over every time. They're like, there's no one there. Um, it's, it's almost like a – you know, what do they call it? You know, gestum time, uh, manufacturing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and I, I guess it's kind of like how you manage to defend a breakdown with the fewest number of people so you can keep people in the back line, um, if, you know, for the, for the next wave of attack. But, you know, it, it just feels like, you know, it's just on the edge each time and then it only needs somebody to fall slightly the wrong way or for the, uh, you know, the, the, the tackler to be slightly, slightly stronger over the ball and it's, and it's all gone. And I mean, the box just went in there licking their lips. Uh, a lot of strong guys able to, you know, keep their shape over the ball and, and we were just all over the place. And, you know, that one man clear out wasn't doing it, um, unsurprisingly. And it just killed so much momentum so many times. I think that's what was kind of tearing the hair out. Yeah. What about you, Hugh? What was your perspective of it? Well, look, yeah, I kind of tend to echo the sentiments uh, of the two of you. I'd say, I'd agree with Matt. I'd say six out of ten, if you had to give it a rank. I think it's it's just a pass. I, as I said on last week's podcast, um, I rate this Springbok side. I think they're pretty good, um, and I think time will hopefully bear that out when they go and play New Zealand. They beat Argentina pretty convincingly in both games. They're a really good young side that are on the up, and they're they're really improved from last year. Um, so that you know th- that you have to take that into account. Um, at twenty to ten up, though, you got to think we should have closed that game out. Um, then again, at twenty three twenty down, and then even at twenty three all in the last two minutes with the Springboks in our twenty two, you'd say we probably did well to hold for the draw. So it's mm. kind of one of those weird games of you know where at one point. We should have won at one point. We should have lost in the end. The draw was probably a fair result. And I think South African fans have probably had that same roller coaster where they could easily point to a few ways that they could have won, but also at the same time ways they could have lost. Um, look, I think it's probably a level. This is, it's where we are. It's probably a bit of a level out from the week, uh, before in that Bledisloe. We, we, we didn't play as well, but we certainly were much improved on the first Bledisloe. I think it's kind of that in the middle performance that, that, uh, was what we put in and look it's 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 a tough one because you know we 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 kind of hoped reg talking last week that they would keep their form up and put in a a similar performance i mean and in the end they dropped down not not as far as not as far as i've seen in the past not as far as i think some of the pessimists might have would have thought we might have 
So look, I don't know. It's a it's a middling ho hum performance, and I think um, you know we'll probably learn a bit more about where we are when we play Argentina this week, um, and that might be a bit more revealing because after their game in New Zealand, they they look pretty competitive. Yeah, they did. It's a good point. But did you get the sense that we played a different game? I mean, do we go into these Springbok games deciding that we need to kick a bit more? I mean, I don't know. I'd have to look at the stats to see if that's accurate. But it just felt to me that we, we kicked the ball away too much. I mean, that was one of the things in that New Zealand game. We, we attacked well and made some good metres with the ball in hand. But this one, I just, it just felt it was, it was too much to the... Um, to the old school kicking, Matt. You're... Well, I got well. I've got the yeah. I've got the stats to hand here, Rich. And I've got to say, so kicks and play. Uh, Wallabies made twenty-seven. Uh, Springboks thirty-two. Um, you know, we made eighty tackles to making them make one hundred and forty-three. So we actually had a, yeah, right. a lot, a lot more ball in hand. Um, you know, interestingly enough, here, you know, possession overall was fifty-eight percent to forty-two. Uh, Wallabies way time in the opponent's half fifty-seven percent to forty-three. Our way again, we ran almost six hundred meters. They ran three hundred meters. Uh, yeah, one hundred twenty carries uh, Wallabies to seventy-four. Having said that, seven, defenders beaten seventeen for the Wallabies, twenty-one for Springboks, and clean break yeah. seven to the Wallabies, seventeen to the Springboks. So, I mean, you know, they're far more efficient. Um, 17 is a huge number. Yeah, in their, in their, in their attack there. At the breakdown, um, five rucks lost um, for us versus one to them, uh, and they won five malls uh, to one to us. So, and then, you know, it's the lineouts. I actually thought it was worse than this, but uh, we lost four lineouts and, and they lost one, uh, and it was a scrum each way. Um, do they rule? So, do they rule not straight, not straight lineouts as a loss? I mean that because there were some just mm, throws and that. It's not yeah, straight, there was at least two that I can remember, right? Yeah, maybe yeah. three. Um, so yeah, you're looking at those stats, and it looks like we we you know we played a f- far more uh, ball in hand. And what did we say? Look, I mean, I was just about to go back and uh, sort of go back to round two and look at kicks here, and so we made so 27 in this game, just gone. And uh, only 16, yeah. uh, you know, against New Zealand. So you're, you're right there. Yeah, it's interesting. Just some of those individual stats. I don't know if we've got a problem at outside centre or what's going on there. Kurandrani, congratulations on your 50th test, but missed the most number of tackles in that game, five tackles. Um, you know, we've had issues with Karevi in the past, but it's, it's just a bit of concern that 13 channels not quite working. Working and, and maybe it's a communication with the wings. We know we've had some concerns with Spate in the past, but um, let's look at some positive, Hugh. What, any positives from your perspective out of the game? Who were the standout performances, I guess, from the Wallabies who showed a little bit that you liked? Well, look, we'll, we'll get to uh, we'll get to Curly Beal on our next question, Rick. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, look, I suppose that there were a few encouraging performances. I thought um, good to see Bernard Foley's kicking come back, um, which I don't know if it's a bittersweet given he didn't kick like that uh, in, in the in the last uh, All Blacks game. I'll, I'll call out uh, Reese Hodge. I thought he had a really good performance, yeah. and and you know, with Dane Hallett Petty now out for the year, you, he really stepped up, and and you think he's got. Uh, two hands on that on that wing position now, and with that boot and and you know he's he's running lines. There's a there's a touch of the Adam Ashley Coopers about him, I think, and I think that might be where he ends up sort of slotting in as that 13, 14 uh, utility who can also play 15, bit you know through the back line. Um, 
I just like his instincts. And I don't look. We keep throwing him the ball for these speculator kicks from fifty out, and yeah. I think he's hit two in his career of the yeah. twelve we've given him. I just think that that tactic doesn't seem to be working particularly well. But other than that, look, he, I think he had a, he had a really good game. Unfortunately, the forwards were a bit light on, and and uh, but the backs I thought um did did pretty well under the circumstances. Um, young guy making his debut. Hooker got a, probably a bit more game or got on the field earlier than you probably anticipated. Jordan Yalesi, the 19-year-old behemoth from, from Melbourne there. Matty looked okay in his, his first test run, given yeah, he's I, barely played any super rugby. No, I thought so. He definitely... Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, they gave him a, a, an early first line-out throw. I think the second one then yeah. didn't go straight. But um, he definitely didn't look physically intimidated against a big you know, box team. Yeah, yeah, so that's a bit of promise. We'll see what, what happens down the track. So well, let's move on. Any other comments for the test before we move on to question two? We talk about individual performance. Anything else you want to capture there, lads? Oh, well, look, you know, just uh, yeah, touching on individual performances. I mean, God, there was a couple of times. I mean, what about that tackle from Hooper to mow down, was it the centre, um, who was just about to, you know, getting ready to jump over the line? Um, yeah. There, there was he a was man. He yeah, was great, was wasn't he? And, and, and yeah, he charged down the kick in the in the end too. He was the one who yeah. charged down Yanchi's kick, which which I think was a really underrated minutes, sort yeah. of inspirational play. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just how he keeps going and the number of minutes he plays in every freaking game. I just don't know how that guy's ticker. He's just, yeah, he's he's next level. So like you know, someone needs to get him in a body scanner or something. Figure out how that thing ticks because it's, it's unbelievable the number of minutes he plays and the intensity um, at which he plays. And even when he has a so-called bad game, like in the first test, he's still kind of average. You know what I mean? Mm. Like mm. he doesn't have a, a bad, bad game, um, and his average game is 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 just phenomenal. I, yeah, I don't think we've had many players like him. <laughs> you, you got, I don't know whether I should say this, but it's there's an old saying that uh, that rugby tours are like sex. It's it's when it's good, it's great, and when it's bad, it's still pretty damn good. And you could maybe. <laughs> Use that analogy with Hooper's performance. When he's good, he's great. But when he's <laughs> the, when he's bad, he's still pretty damn good as well. So, yeah. Well, the there. sex analogy is bad about someone might go there. <laughs> well, with you and I going on about the Waratahs, I guess you can say it's kind of sex-like, isn't it? So, uh, exactly. yeah, it's not, it's not a bad analogy. <laughs> Orgasmic. Um, all right. Well, let's let's get on to that second question, uh, Hugh. And I'll go, I'm going to go straight for this one first. The John Eels Medal, obviously awarded to the you know I guess votes to do players uh, along the season and the calendar season, Wallaby season. Uh, so there's a fair few tests to go there. But mate, you've made the claim earlier. You think Curly Beald? Do you think he's a good chance of already having sealed it uh, already? Well, he probably hasn't sealed it because unlike our Green and Gold Rugby Player of the Year, which is obviously the more prestigious award, but yeah. um, the John Eels medal, I'm pretty sure it's the, the voting commences uh, in oh, November right. as they go away season, on the isn't tour. It? Yeah. yeah, so un- unfortunately, Curtley's going to be starting behind the eight ball a little bit um, in the sense that um, there'll be a few guys already polling votes from our end-of-season tour. Um so I, I couldn't say he's he's a lay down to win it, but I mean he's won man of the match quite comfortably in the three games so far. I, I can't quite remember a, a spell of games like it. I mean I know Israel Falaus is is uh, has held at a cup. You know, I think he's won the last two John Eels medals, but um, it's it's great to see Kurtley in such a rich vein of form and and his game management's good, his defence is good. I mean that try he scored was was pretty inspired, yeah. pretty inspired, and he's just just generally threatening 
you know, and when he decides to clap on the pace and take on the line, he, um, you know, he, he threatens more often than not. He's got a bit of physicality about him. I mean, I just think back to the times where I was watching, you know, um, him run around Hunters Hill playing for Joey's in the first 15 when he was, um, just 15 years old and, and obviously the pro, the prodigy at that time and everyone was talking about him. And now to finally see him sort of as this experienced international player, it's, it's, it's quite staggering. And you just hope that this is now him establishing himself as a, as truly world class because he's, he's shown glimpses and he's had good seasons in the, you know, in the last sort of five or six years. But he, I don't think he's, I've seen him put together a run of matches quite like this. I think you're right here. He, he seems to have a whole different level of sort of maturity and confidence and uh, not necessarily in his, in his game, but as in his role in the team. Um, he's very much more, you know, he's, he's, he really is kind of leading by example on the field and you can see him being, you know, if things don't work out, he's, you know, he's, I don't know, he gets, you know, you can see him getting frustrated, but then also geeing up the team and, you know, trying to get them to lead forward. I mean, you've looked at his defensive performances against SBW as well as his performances in attack. Um, he's picking up extra work. He's chasing down people. I mean, yeah, I, and, and he's strung it together for these three games. It's hard to believe that, you know, only if, what, 2014, he was like, oh, has this guy got a, a role in, in, in rugby full stop? And here he is. And I think we all worried, like, you know, when he was going to go away to England for a year, what was going to happen there. Um, but I just he seems to come back a, a, an even stronger player, wouldn't you say? But you make the point of the, the matches he's strung together here, Hugh, but I know it was you know, what you sort of more than 12 months previously, but the previous time he played for the Wallabies was the World Cup, and he strung together some pretty damn good performances there, some of them off the bench, I'll bet, but I think he's, what, he was at the quarterfinal, the semifinal, he had to start at fullback when Falau pulled out late. So, you know, <laughs> over the course of a couple of years, he's, he's strung together probably five or six, you know, of, of his best test matches in a row, which is which is uh, you know a credit to the the player and uh, you know a sign that he's maturing finally and, and showing that potential um, consistently, is, which, which is what we need. Yeah, it's it's really fantastic to see to see Reg and, and you know is it a theory for you? And we've seen it a few times um, with. Guys that, you know, these days we're people going overseas to play rugby younger and younger and going and doing those stints in Japan and stints in the UK. I mean, is it a value add? Are we seeing players that are now coming back and they're going when they're 26, 27, maybe even younger, 25, 24, coming? And, and you know, few have stayed over there. And obviously it's not a positive for Australian rugby. But the ones that have come back, um, you know, when they're 27, 28, it seemed to be, you know, bringing things back. I'm, I'm talking guys like Scott Fardy. Uh, we've seen, obviously, Kurtley Beale. I mean, guys at the Waratahs, like, um, you know, Dean Mum did it. Uh, a guy like Damien Fitzpatrick, who's come back. And, I, I mean, you know, he's at NRC level, but he's really brought, bringing something back to the game. Um, and, you know, there are a few other examples as well of, of, of guys coming and doing a stint. Obviously, Quade Cooper hasn't fully worked out, but I think it, it certainly seems to help the games of some people, just giving that bit more maturity and that bit more experience. Um, I don't, I don't know. I could be uh, just talking out my backside here, but um, you know, I think there might be something to it. Yeah, let's not encourage it, but it might be something we can talk about when Twiggy Ball comes along as well. As for Kurtley Beer, look, we've talked him up, but I, I still have high hopes. You know, Adam Coleman, I thought was fantastic again on the weekend. I'm, I'm a big mm. fan of his, and I made, I made a call that he, you know, he'll. He'll sort of surpass eels, and that might be a big call 
in itself. But you know, if I was to pick an all-time Wallaby team, uh, at you know, from my viewing days or even just from the professional era, and I, I think I'd be pushing very strongly for Coleman to, to partner Eels in that second row. He, he's just a fantastic player. and The, the aggression he brings, uh, you know, massive hits. And, and then we're seeing his skill work as well, the, his work in the lead-up to that, that Beal try as well. I, I'm just, I, it, I couldn't be a bigger fan of that guy, and I just hope he uh, continues to perform at that level because it's a, it's a critical position to have that dominant lock forward, I reckon. Yeah, you're right. What a, what a try that was. That was, like, unbelievable. Just yeah. the, you know the, the way that that thing came off. Um, yeah, just we just needed to we needed to string a couple more of those uh, to, to put that game away. But just it, again, just fell away. Yeah, a couple of those game breakers which we didn't quite see. Um, look, look, let's move forward. So the 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 Pumas uh, put a pretty good performance. So question three is what changes should Checker make for the, the Pumas game? And they uh, they had a, a pretty solid performance against the All Blacks. I think they're leading at halftime, maybe before. Uh, before falling away at the end. Um, this one's down in Canberra, so uh, uh, it's a rare test, test in our nation's capital. So, Matt, would, do, do you envision any changes? Would you want to see some changes made to that Wallaby team? Well, look, Reg, I think it's pretty clear. Um, we need to go back to the rubbish bin and dig out the chapters on line-out uh, and, and scrum, put those in. Um, at training, uh, and then ignore the chapters on restarts. So you know you can only have those for one week at a time. Um, and I don't know, I'd probably ignore the chapter on defence as well. Just concentrate back on attack. <laughs> and uh, there we go. And so in those, obviously, the half an hour we spend each day training, um, you can you can hunker <laughs> down on that. Uh, <laughs> look, obviously, being facetious, uh, a bit rude there. I just, but it is, you know, it's kind of maddening, isn't it? Um, it is. Damn frustrating. Uh, uh, but, uh, well, I don't... Well, the, the, the one question, so Stephen Moore's back in the squad. Does he come back to start? Datafu I, I, had to have a concussion test. Obviously, he came back on and played, but there's got to be concerns there. Does he, you know, do you give Yalesi another go off the bench and, and rest Datafu for a week or, or keep the experience there with Datafu on the bench? Well, uh, no, well, assuming, you know, Taft's head's still on. And didn't he... Was that a proper head knock? I thought it was like an eye thing, and then he, he was oh, back on was the field. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Oh, maybe I got maybe that wrong, but when I, when I was watching it live, I thought he got back on, and I thought that was okay, he, yeah. He did come back on, weird. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, assuming that's okay, I mean, geez, I, I think, yeah, Taff is just adding so much more dynamism. I mean, you know, Squeaky is just not the player he was, right? So, um, and yeah, I'd give the I'd give the new kid another run. Um, we need to find... Uh, you know, we need to we, we need to you know push push that depth out quickly. Um, and if it's not going to be Tolu Latu, um, if he's not going to be in the in the mix quickly, then you know um, I, I'd give this kid another run. I don't don't think he disgraced himself um, at all. Um, look, the thing about look, what do we do differently? I I, I just don't know that uh, has this team got any more levers to pull yet. It's I, it still seems pretty one dimensional to me. So you know you can tweak with you can tweak a few. Selections. I think we know what our first uh, choice backline is, and there's not a lot of other choice out there. I mean, you know, assuming Hodge stays in, because I, I agree with you, I think he's taken wing with sort of both hands. Um, I'm not really sure, you know, how many more other selections have, have we really got there? Yeah, you're right. There's no one really pushing through. I guess Hugh, my only 
It, it seems ridiculous. I mean, it, it's not going to change a team. You can't play in the winger, um, and Hodge did play well. I just like speed. I'd love to see Corabetti get a get a run out there. Naavalu, preferably, but he's injured. But I'd I'd love to see Corabetti with his pure um, speed get a shot in the back of that wing. But that's it's that's not you know that's not going to change a test match. You know, could change a test match, but it's not going to change that test match performance from last weekend. Um, yeah, we. We didn't get the physicality of our back row minus Hooper that we we need, and that'll be pretty critical against the Pumas again. So, but that's a moot point. I don't think they're going to drop Hannigan or McMahon because there's not necessarily anyone pushing through. Lapetti Tamani's not doing anything, and Big Izzy Nasirani isn't eligible for another six months or so. So, uh, I don't know where you go. I'm I'm down on Hannigan, Reg. I'm out. Look, I, yep. I I I gave him the benefit of the doubt the first couple of tests in the mid-year tests. Um, but I look. He, uh, someone said, um, and I can't remember who it was. And I, and I think it's it's tough criticism. But looks like Jane plays like Jane, um, which <laughs> is is tough. Um, but at the same time, look, I I think he he does put in good stats. His defence is there. He hits rucks. But I just he, there's no effectiveness. And if, you know. We can't afford to be carrying him through these games. He just doesn't give us enough um, physicality, not enough ball in hand. And look, I'd be happy. I'd be interested to see Jack Dempsey. I'm still, you know, not quite sure what he's got. I haven't seen enough of him this year, given his injury problems. And I'm still not quite sure he's a test quality player. But I'm, you know, if if we've rolled the dice on Hannigan, at least Dempsey is a bit bigger and got a bit more of that physicality about him. I, you know, I'd be happy to see Lopetti Tamani as well. Um, Ross Haylett Petty's unfortunately injured. Uh, there's not that many people around, but uh, I don't know. Maybe bring Hannigan off the bench and see if he can make an impact in the later stages. He's a workhorse, but uh, look, he, he's a couple of years away. He's going to be a good player, but can we can we get him to go away and just go and you know, eat some chickens well, or something like this. Yeah. He's not big well, enough. Not a, but, you know, we've got this is I agree. I, I think it'd be great to, you know, and, you know, he, he's given it his best and all the stuff. But this is a great time to put him back in the NRC and say, mate, go for your life. Prove us wrong. We've got still got this competition running. It's not, you know, the, it's not club season's finished, all that sort of stuff. We've got this competition where he's played really well at first. Get in there, mate, and, and start making a real impact for yourself. We see Jed Holloway tearing it up for the Rams at the moment, and it's probably too much of a stretch to say chuck him in the Wallabies just yet. But get out there and, and, and do a little bit of what Jed's doing. Um, if that means we pick Tamani, maybe we just have to because, uh, yeah, there's not many pushing, at least in that squad, then they're not going to make any too, too many surprises with that squad selection. Um, but uh, I, I'm with you. If it's Dempsey, it's Dempsey. I'm, I'm not sold on Dempsey by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, we're giving away jerseys this time at the moment, so let's, let's give away another one. Well, he's already capped. I mean, look, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to – let's have a look. I, I don't know. I'm just at that stage with Hattie where he's done nothing wrong. You know, he hasn't yeah. dropped a ball or he hasn't really buggered anything up. So it, it, maybe we're all being a bit harsh, but, he, you know, he's making, you know, double-digit tackles a game. Yeah. But I, I just I, I just don't quite know if he's the type of player that we need, especially against the Pumas who are a big physical side. I, I just don't think he's the – He's the type of player we can afford to have. But in terms of size, I mean, he's, he's surely got to be bigger. I think he's isn't he? He's, he's taller than Dempsey. He, he's uh, tall, but he's yeah. he's ninety. He's only ninety something kilos, and Dempsey's one hundred and six. Like there, the difference is quite stark. 
Okay. Well, because I'll, get, well, I'll I mean, get that. Um, Matt, just but uh, just uh, hold on. Yeah. Although yeah, I, I mean, yeah I, yeah, I never know how much you can trust in those weight stuff on yeah. online. Um, but I mean, just by I mean height anyway. I think uh, I think Hannigan. I mean, I think Hannigan offers that line a bit more of that line out option. But I agree. I mean, the, 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 the kid's only twenty two. Mm. Um, so I don't think it's any surprise, but I mean, it probably argues for what you guys are saying is he could probably do with another season or two, just, you know, filling out and hardening up a little bit. Yeah. Here's it an says here for you. Brum- yeah, go on. Sir. It's, it um, says that Ned Hannigan gets 110 kilos and if he's 110 kilos, that's, I don't know where he's holding it because he does mm. not look 110 kilos. There you go. So, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I do agree. Like he's still... You know, still, I mean, he's been chucked in the deep end, really, hasn't he? I mean, you know, he started off at lock, played like sort of half game at six, you know, six and lock, and then suddenly he's playing six for Australia. But you would have thought as far as a punching back line, if you, you know, you had Hooper and McMahon as the flankers and then um, uh, Tamani at, at eight, you'd be getting a bit more punch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And that's McMahon's game is not consistent enough. That's that's a challenge there as well. So we're not getting that week in, week out. We've in fact we've just had it probably just one week ever. Yeah, you know, maybe the harshest World Cup performances, but um, you know that Test versus the All Blacks was great. After that, we haven't seen it before or after. So that's a challenge. Um, but, but Tamani does the same thing, you know. Yeah, he, I, don't, he, I think I've seen it once. Yeah, I mean, and maybe not for a full game. Um, yeah, very, very hard to get these consistent, consistent performances out of the guys. Yeah. Uh, I just do a shout-out to Brumby Runner on the forum who's starting the Matt Phillip for Wallabies number six campaign. Matt Phillip, the force and spirit lock, who's been fantastic for the spirit and was very good for the force. Uh, I think he's paid a bit of back row for Sydney Uni, or Sydney Uni, at least Sydney Stars and the NRC, I think he did. So, But he's a big 200-centimetre physical guy, but that's that's not going to happen this test series at all. He might will make a Wallabies before we know it, but it won't be this test series. But uh, uh, that was worth a shout-out, I thought. Um, guys, we'll move on. But before we move on to the next burning question, Matt, you've uh, spent the last few weeks off the podcast searching for positive iTunes reviews, apparently. Yeah, mate, it's taken a few weeks to drag a few up, but um, we do have a couple. Um, first one is from The Big Man uh, 4.0. Um, title of review is Like This Podcast. Obviously not quite enough. He only has given us four out of five stars. Um, I think this was probably, yeah, this is during the time when I was away, so I guess that's understandable. <laughs> um, it was, um, I was slow to warm to Gaga, but now I'm a big fan, especially because they actually put effort into their podcasts. Oh, you might be listening to a different one. Um, oh, gosh, unlike Sean O'Mama Maloney and the Fox Rugby podcast, that's that's pretty harsh for anyone to be put down underneath us for preparation is <laughs> gone. Um, is, is not is not easy. Um, just getting a guest on like Ben Darwin gets a thumbs up from me. Well, there we go. Thanks to Big Man. Obviously, it's four out of five thumbs, not the full five. Thanks, mate. And then um, this one for, by Confused Kiwi um, entitled Great Banter, five out of five stars. Um, Kiwi slash Aussie supporter. I know strange. <laughs> Great podcast. Always uh, enjoy hearing what they have to say. There we go. Short and sweet, but they, yeah. Thanks, guys. Good, uh, good, love it. Good to get the reviews. Can I also say, yes. Reg, I've I've been listening to that Bo Robinson podcast. It's that's uh, a great one. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? 
I mean, some of the chats I found really interesting. I, I don't know. It's a, it's just a different angle and not as much of a focus on the, the, the playing days and also not the usual players. It's, I don't know. It's, there's something yeah. really useful about that. Yeah, I agree. The, um, uh, gosh, uh, Chris Ciali, who was a player I liked as a, you know, as a, you know, club and a bit of the Reds, bit of the Waratahs and never quite made it here. So I found that fascinating. And I think his next one's, latest one is Ed O'Donoghue, who I got to know a bit of the Reds and has had a very successful off-season, uh, off-field career developing. So yeah, it, it's good. And Bowie's a, a pretty laid-back character. Um, not much pretense about him. So he doesn't mind asking a few questions and having an opinion. So it's, it's, yeah, it's well worth a listen. But yeah. this is not the, uh, this is not the podcast review for other podcasts part of the show. Yeah, exactly. Jeez, guys. Wow. <laughs> but, but if you, they're just turning off in droves. Go, oh, I was going to get a proper podcast. <laughs> go listen to Bo. Um, definitely not Sean Maloney's podcast, though. Um, <laughs> if, you, uh, if you do want to leave us a rating and a review, please do on iTunes. It helps. We've got to get Sean. Can we get Sean back on the show? We haven't had him for years. And, and, and that's not talk. The Fox guys do a good job. We've I got to give right. him. And, 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 the, and their mutual respect for each other, too. The last time I think we had Maloney on, I think it was probably the worst reception we've ever had on a mobile phone, too. I think it was lazing on his couch downstairs or something. But, yeah, it'd be good to get Sean on again. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's a good one. Oh, here's a good did – I, did I – here's another podcast. Sometimes you've got to, uh, you've got to search on different countries to find these. Um, but here's a great one you guys will enjoy. This one is from Face, Face C1066. Good insight, five out of five stars. Really great insight on Aussie rugby by Reg and Hugh, and there are some comments from Matt as well. (laughs) 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 That is my favourite one so far for some reason. (laughs) Why do I bother? Why do I bother coming back on? Anyway. Oh, good. Oh, good. I can't wait for our our future podcast, Talking Rugby with Matt. uh, Sorry, Talking Rugby with Reg, Hugh, and Bo Robinson. (laughs) <laughs> well yeah I mean you guys are trying to talk your way into it <laughs> you could produce it for us Matt look let's move on we've got another burning question so big you know it, it's not another week of rugby without some further developments, developments around the force and, and so on um, but the, the latest development is what we're calling Tweeball which is yeah, I don't think it's no longer a, a rebel um, league. Uh, I, I don't know if it's still the Indo-Pacific um, Cup. Uh, there is now talk about it being an expanded NRC, but in one way or the other, it would seem that uh, Twiggy, Twiggy Forest is talking to the ARU about this new competition, which in his mind keeps the force relevant, um, but also perhaps creates a new competition and might lead us on to some further, more, uh, I guess, long-term change post-2020. Hugh, good for Australian rugby? Is this a saving grace for us and just another distraction? Well, look, I'm cautiously optimistic, Reg. We've had an interesting turn of events in the last sort of two or three days where it seems that Cameron Klein and Bill Pulver obviously in Perth for the test and had chance to sit down with, with Twiggy Forest and, and talk through this, this proposal. And as we flagged last week with Brett Mackay, you know, Twiggy to have this competition up and running does need to have the ARU on his side because, you know, the sanction from, from the ARU and World Rugby and things like the refs and the grounds and the officials and the physios and all of those things that you, the intangible, you know, elements that make up those sort of competitions and, and, um, and the, the little, 
what you would call the on the administrative side, the ARU was is the only organisation that can provide that. So Twiggy always needed the ARU, but it was the the reverse is true as well. I mean, the ARU would be mad not to continue to work with someone who has the means that Andrew Forrest does, and also the passion for the game. If he's willing to put up his own hard earned to fund a competition uh, to to promote rugby um, wherever it is in Australia, the ARU should be the first ones to knock on his door and see if they can work with him. So it's good to see that some of these prevailed and they're talking to each other. It was proposed, I think it was yesterday, that actually it might end up being an expanded NRC where the AU would more or less hand the reins of the NRC over to this, to Andrew Forrest and, and, and this concept and, you know, whether we're including teams from the Asia Pacific or, um, or, or wherever, the, then that's something that would be really interesting to see. Today, it seems like we're not entirely sure if that's going to happen or not, but certainly the fact that the, that Twiggy Forest is now talking to the AU can only be a good thing and only a good thing for rugby in Western Australia and, and a good thing for the game because, you know, a dream scenario is if he can take the NRC and, and put some an injection of cash into it and rev it up and, and maybe look to expand it a little bit, well, then then it becomes sort of a almost like a, a super rugby trial version because, you know, I think we've all faced when 2020 comes around and the broadcast deal expires, we're going to be looking at a radically different competition for domestic rugby in Australia. And if we can have something that looks like a bit of a pilot program uh, that, that is this Twiggy Ball concept, then, you know, it's a huge boost to the game if we can have something that we're already testing uh, in the marketplace and, and maybe an option to go to after Super Rugby expires. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of positives that can, can come out of it, Reg. I'm not ready to necessarily um, go the early crow and say it's going to be fantastic. And, you know, considering just a week ago that both sides were at each other's throats threatening action in the high court, but it's still a very, very positive sign, and, and so I think we can all be cautiously optimistic as to how it's going. Yeah, I think that's the best thing for me is that they're talking. Like, I, it, it was it was frustrating, I think, for many of us when we had someone like um, uh, 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 Twiggy wanting to invest in the game, but uh, the ARU, you know, effectively saying no or putting up barriers or whatever. So to see... There is some dialogue going on. We don't know where it'll go, but it seems, if you listen, you know, read the Wayne Smith articles and some of these other ones, that it is positive so far. Uh, you know, that's that's a great start. You got someone who wants to spend a fair bit of money in the game. We want to get him, you know, on the hook sort of thing. And I don't want that to sound like it's all one way traffic. We want to make it work for him as as well as anything as a investor in the game. You know. Um, Obviously, a big supporter of the NRC would like to see it take off. I, I recognise its place, but it's. I also see the strong merit in, um, in, in like you say, Hugh, is, is preparing it. Is this? The, will this be the replacement for Super Rugby um, uh, if that that everything falls over in two twenty two twenty one with the South Africans heading north and um, TV deals becoming a little bit uh, more challenging? So we'll see. There's some important people involved and it, it's um so far it's still early days I'd, interesting I, I haven't really caught up with how the force fans are feeling about this that was always twiggy was their savior and was going to save the day and it now seems that he's now sort of joining with the enemy so to speak the force will obviously have a be a big part of the solution there but um i think they saw them as him as their white knight uh but uh he's now sort of helping out the AU as well, helping out the enemy. But, um, Matt, from your perspective, what's, what's your feeling on Twiggy Ball and, and Twiggy in general? Uh, well, just setting aside how on earth we got to the name Twiggy Ball, um, <laughs> I, 
look, I, I was a bit disappointed because I had an awesome rant lined up uh, last week and actually even maybe the week before. I just – where that was at was um, I think there were a lot of people whose disappointment with the ARU who – I mean, it's, I think it's very hard for anyone here um, other than Hugh to, to not share. Um, in oh, God, I've been away for three weeks. Go coming on throwing haymakers like that. I've been storing them up, fellas. Um, is uh, no, but look, uh, I think they got themselves into a corner all of their own doing. Um, so it's not to you know kind of relieve them of that, but to then say, well, therefore anyone who turns up with a with a fabled pot of cash is therefore suddenly the person who should de facto be running uh, the ARU because. Do you think Twiggy was going to walk anywhere? Or do you think anybody should have walked in and said, there you go, guys, there's a blank check for 50 million bucks? Like, that thing had so many strings. If it existed, yeah. that thing had so many strings written all over it, which basically said, you guys take this money and I run this show. Um, and so that was a meeting or a, you know, a, or a meeting of minds, if you like, that could never happen, right? So there is no way, no matter how dastardly you think the ARU are there's and I don't think they should have either signed over basically the fortunes of Australian rugby to one man whose credentials in rugby I'm still not exactly clear on um, apart from I think what they sponsored a shirt at the Western Force um, uh, yeah I think yeah, they've been but, involved since the start but yeah yeah go on yep right so but you know I um, you know the credentials for running rugby in Australia. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the structure and how they've kind of put it together. Uh, you know, the people that they suggested seem to be a lot of people from his mining company plus a few others kind of thrown in there. But look, okay, that's, you know, he needs to put something together. But all I'm saying is, you know, mining isn't exactly uh, the most solid of, uh, you know, industries anyway. And fortunes tend to fluctuate pretty widely there. So for suddenly people be, to be happy for Australian rugby to be at the behest of one man, um, you know, motives, you know, unknown a little bit and fortunes, you know, tied to mining. I'm a bit like, really? Um, you know, no matter how how bad you think the uh, job the ALU were doing, that was just a deal they couldn't do. And to be honest, not even I would want them to do. And, it's, and it was going to cost a lot more than 50 million bucks to suddenly yank ourselves out of Sanzar and say, oh, we're, do, we're going it alone, guys. So, um, you know, as far as the, the TV money, I mean, it's just that's even before I get into that. So that was kind of the basis of my rant, which was just what are you, and some very smart people, what are you drinking or smoking or injecting to think that looked like a good idea? And I don't think anyone did. And you couldn't, and then to, for, you know, client to get demonized because you didn't just take what was clearly not a blank check if it existed for, for, for from Twiggy Forest. I mean, I think fi finally someone said, well, can we please see on a piece of paper what the offer is? Like, you know, if you're going to give the 50 mil, and it was always up to 50 mil, um, then, you know, what is that? So that was just, you know, crazy talk. Um, finally, though, it got a bit more sensible, I thought, in those last few days where it said, look, okay, it's not going to be about, you know, this dumb offer about the AAU having to pull out of Sanzar and da-da-da, we'll do whatever else, or somehow force them into changing Super Rugby, um, to, you know, to keep the force in. It, it's, and, but really go to something which I guess, the, the Indo, and then there was the Indo-Pacific thing, didn't fully get that, wasn't quite yeah. sure how that was going to generate a bean. 
and 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 that even fifty million bucks was going to keep that going for long. But when suddenly it turned to, well, how about you supercharge the NRC? Well, I thought that got interesting. So I, yeah. from then I, I pick up with you and I go, yeah, I could start to see that. Um, and actually, you know, you start bringing in maybe some Pacific, you know Pacific uh, other Pacific nations into that, um, you know, beefing out the Aussie team. And from an AAU perspective, you're like, oh, fantastic! If someone wants to kick a bit of cash into this thing, build this up. I mean, you've got to remember the whole play behind the NRC really was about creating another television vehicle like the Curry Cup or Mitre Ten, um, which we've never had, which is a way to siphon off more money out of the Sansar deal. Um, you know, from the telecasters, um, you know, to the side. So, um, you know, and actually, I think you could potentially be, you know, with that, with that sort of talent, you could be turning on something that's pretty interesting. So, uh, and at the same time, it could save a bit of rugby in, in WA, which is not a bad thing either. So suddenly it's ticking a lot of boxes. I, I'm just still not sure how much money that it requires and, you know, what strings are attached. Yeah, yeah, good point. I mean, look, question the, the mining money, I think. Uh, Twiggy's had a fairly fairly positive um, uh, sway in his favour along that line this year, so there's a little bit more for him to play with. But sticking with that NRC model, some way he was bringing back, the aim was to bring back a lot of those X-backs players, which is obviously sort of piques the, the ear of Michael Checker, who, who obviously wants the best back here in Australia. And I don't know if that's feasible if we can get Matty Tamour and Peter Kimlin and Liam Gill and all these guys back playing, I think, ostensibly for the Perth Spirit or the Western Force and the NRC um, while all the contracted players are on the East Coast sort of thing. That'd be pretty special. I, I don't know how it'd actually work with contracts and, and overseas contracts and I dare say that might be where, where most of that $50 million comes from. But it, it's an exciting prospect. My, my one big asterisk over it all, and uh, Matt, you alluded to it, is the ARU. You know, they, they haven't necessarily proven to be a um, the most reliable strategic leader of the sport of, of late. And, and, you know, we're about to lose um, half a dozen of the senior executives or thereabouts Um for better or for worse, you know, I can't speak to them all, and, and I've said it before, but we've now heard both um, Twiggy Forrest and, and uh, Jeff Stooks speak highly of Bill Pulver as an administrator. Um, he's leaving the game. It's more Cameron Klein, the chair, that they have issues with, um, and in fact, that I think Klein's been dealing with Twiggy closely. So perhaps there's been some some sort of a, a, a truce called there, but it's just that that AAU strategic leadership we need to ensure we get the most out of this this plan and it's not something that's too rushed um, too quickly, which Super Rugby, in effect, was, you know, back in 1995 when Super League was happening and we were wooing Kerry Packer and Rupert Murdoch and we had to come up with a, uh, a concept pretty quickly and, it you know, it wasn't too bad in the scheme of things, but there's plenty of gaps. Nonetheless, um, the gap between Super Rugby and grassroots that was uh, neglected. So, Let's not rush it. Let's build it and see what we can do. But all in all, I think it's a positive. Yeah, I mean, I, as, a, as a strategic move um, from the ARU, I think there was a bit of a bluff called there with Twiggy. Um, and, uh, you know, they managed to manoeuvre him into it. So, look, what I'm hoping is my cynicism is, is proven completely to be that and that um, actually out of this we get a really good result. And, um, yeah, if, if he's happy to plug a, a, a good chunk of cash into it, um, then, you know, and it can beef up something that has had promise but not quite delivered, that'd be great. Matt, I mean, 
are you going to commit to put in some of the some of the obviously the millions of dollars that this site generates? I mean, put your money where your mouth is. If you're calling for Twiggy to do the same, because I know you've been having you know a few com, uh, conversations with Cameron Klein in the chairman's yeah. lounge over you know when you when you're at uh, <laughs> games and various events. Mate, as soon as this place has generated fifty mil, it's all going into rugby. So that, that, that's my pledge. I'll match. Uh, you know, I will match Twiggy's fifty once we hit, once we get there. Once we get there, <laughs> love it. We should uh, we should sell some more um, stubby coolers then. Yeah, that's a lot of postage. Anyway, <laughs> we can probably do. You know what? We should probably what we should release Reds and stubby coolers because I was thinking about this the other day. We should re-release our Reds twenty eleven Waratahs twenty fourteen as a nostalgia edition for when Australian rugby <laughs> was riding high. I reckon we'd sell thousands. <laughs> yeah, all right. You know what we should do? But perhaps we should take this offline. But maybe a best of the Western Force. Yeah, let's let's talk this about offline. This is, this is too much gold here. Okay. Um, we have a final burning. <laughs> we have a final burning question. The green and gold rugby in our national rugby championship. That's what it'll end up being. Uh, the final burning question about the NRC and the, and the best performance in the NRC last week. And I'll start, and you guys can add if you want. But uh, it was Fiji Drua, the, the Fiji, the new team in the competition, who had um, a loss to Brisbane City in the first game, came out and spanked Melbourne Rising on Saturday afternoon in the TV game down there at uh, Harlequin Park. It was a, I think, forty-five to twenty-four. But they were they were like, you know, the best Fiji teams you want to see. They were playing with great speed, uh, with some monster defence going on, huge hits, but they've got great skill that uh, Nathibi, who uh, was fullback in round one and scored a couple of tries from fullback, was moved into fly half this game and equally tore them up. He scored one, yeah, you know, two great tries, but one particularly memorable and kicked, you know, uh, I don't know, five, five or six conversions as well. So he was fantastic and, and, and the team as a whole. So they actually... Actually, I think they actually have their first home game this weekend. Um, I think it's a two-week-on, two-week-off type scenario for them. So um, let me check my draw unless they actually – yeah, they do. They, uh, they uh, host the New South Wales Country Eagles in Fiji. So hopefully they get a big crowd there. But they could uh, – it'll be interesting to see if that's a bit of a turning point from their season. Um, other results of note was uh, Bond Uni beating uh, – sorry, Queensland Country beating um, – Brisbane City in the the, uh, the local derby up there. First time Queensland Country have been in Brisbane City, and boy, did they beat them 31-12. And that was with a late uh, try by uh, Brisbane City in the game. And of most note in this game was the defence of Queensland Country. And the intent, there's been some rumours about Brad Thorne taking over the Reds um, as head coach. I don't think that will happen. But, um, you, you know, we saw a little bit of Thorne influence in this game was that physicality and the intent. They, the Queensland country played with, a, I won't say anger, but a, a level, an edge to their game that, that definitely um, that saw through on the result and they were they were pretty easy winners there. So the other results being uh, Canberra Vikings 33 over the Perth Spirit 26 with a last a late minute try to uh, their centre uh, Andrew Robinson. That was a, a great match. And again, all through these games you know, some really good tries, but fantastic defence as well. And then um, on Sunday afternoon at Macquarie University, um, the uh, the Rams won their second game of the year. They had a big win over the Sydney Rays. So of, of note for our green and gold rugby uh, um, fans and listeners out there is that the Rams secured, uh, I guess, uh, 
what they do. They defended the Horan Little Shield, so they still hold the Horan Little Shield. Um, and I think they pretty much secured the Ben Robinson Cup as well by beating the two New South Wales teams in the first two games. So uh, uh, a good performance by the Rams there early in the season. They've definitely sort of started the new season with a new model that's, that's working for them. Yeah, can I just it's say that tough. Rams team, I saw them, I saw a bit of that. They were, there were some big, big people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there was the, was the number five? Yeah. The, 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 one of the locks? Yeah, that's right. Who, who's, did a fantastic run from the kickoff, um, yeah. uh, to, uh, to set up a try for, uh, Pil Gatow, Billy Gatow, um, out wide. So yeah, they're a, a very, uh, very good team. Yeah, no, is it, um, is, uh, is it Albert? And Jed, Jed Holloway. Yeah, Jed Holloway right. had a great game too. Yeah, Jed was fantastic, wasn't he? I mean, he's, he's he thrives for the NRC. He had a, two fantastic seasons. His first two, I think, he missed last year through an injury, um, but he, yeah, he's back to his best. And like I say, I reckon he really loves the captaincy. Um, it really seems to thrive in that environment. So yeah. I love I love Dennis Pili Gaitau as well. It's just a great name to say. Yeah, it's a bit like yeah. Petro Sivanasiva. It has a ring yeah. to it, you know. Dennis Pili Gaitau. It's it's just a certain yeah. I like I like. You feel like a commentator when you say it. Yeah. You do, you do, yeah. Yeah, you can have ring some fun roll. with that for sure. Ring roll. <laughs> Pili Gaitau. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's great. So the Rams now actually sit on top of the ladder there. Um, which is great. And actually, it's a, quite a unique ladder. Let me pull it up. So, you know, it's an unusual for the NRC. So the Rams are on top, which we haven't seen before. The Vikings are uh, finally fulfilling potential. They're second, but Fiji are third and Queensland Country are fourth. Early days, second round. But uh, this week, the Rays will host Melbourne Rising on Saturday afternoon at 1pm at Pittwater Park. Um, Fiji hosts New South Wales Country, as I said, over there in Fiji. Uh, that'll be the TV game on Sunday. Brisbane City host Canberra Vikings on set on Sunday afternoon, so 1 p.m. That's actually at UQ Rugby Club. So all those Brisbane Club rugby fans, UQ won the premiership this year. Uh, they that game will be at, uh, at St Lucia there at the university. It'll also be the culmination of uh, as we saw, as Macquarie Uni was this week. Uh, it'll be the culmination of the third round of the Aon Uni Sevens, so that women's sevens competition. Uh, university of Queensland won their second tournament in a row last week, and. Can I say that I raved about the tournament two weeks ago in Tassie? The, the level sort of really lifted a bar this last tournament. It was fantastic. Um, a few more stars came back. Chloe Dalton, Mahalia Murphy. Chloe Dalton playing for Macquarie Uni. Mahalia playing for uh, Uni of Adelaide. It was wonderful footy, but uh, <coughs> University of Queensland defeating Bond Uni in the final with uh, a third Queensland team. Uh, Griffith University finished third. Uh, and just that final Perth, uh, final NRC, the Perth Spirit hosting the great city Rams. So that'll be a great encounter. In fact, the Spirit with the Rams over there in Perth, so lots of good rugby on this weekend um, with the, the Sevens, the NRC, and obviously the Wallabies. Just a quick question there, Reg. Are any of those games being played at North Sydney Oval? No, <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. No, is that water uh, park, mate. Okay, not interested. All right, come on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Wallaby game? We need the Wallaby game there. That'd be pretty good. Well, uh, isn't the isn't the talk they're going to put? Or oh, oh, maybe that was just. Um, Sydney Rugby wanted to put a, uh, a Super Rugby game at North Sydney Oval with a, a shoot shield as the curtain raiser. Or perhaps, the, perhaps the Waratahs was actually the curtain raiser for the shoot shield game. I couldn't remember which way it was. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, wouldn't feel it, but uh, it'd be good just around the corner. <laughs> Works for you, mate. Um, and that pretty much wraps it up. Any other news you guys want to talk to? 
Matt, anything else you got? Ah, oh, no. No, good. Good. Thanks for your good contribution, Matt. Well, well, a few comments, well, comments from Matt. A few comments <laughs> there today, guys. Hope you enjoyed those. Uh, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> See you in three weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you need, you need to get somebody back on who yeah knows what they're talking about, like Jamie. Well, Jamie's in bloody London. Don't know if you guys have seen on Facebook. Oh, was it? I didn't realise it was yeah. over there, no? Yeah. Oh, you know, just yeah, we all we got was a tweet, was it, or a, a DM yesterday? Yeah, so, yeah. Sorry, oh, travelling. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, travelling. What, oh, what are the what are the Ohio mud dogs doing? Well, what, what, yeah. what are they? The, I can't remember their name now, but uh, that's they're, they're our new favourite team. I think surely we can get a sponsorship deal up there. It's a well, growth, it's a growing market. A pack of yanks. They'll just be running around in circles. They don't know what the frick they're doing. So um, yeah, you better get back quick. Indeed. Um, to all our listeners, thanks for listening. Get out there, enjoy the rugby this weekend. Uh, go the Wallabies. Uh, you get to the NRC and those Queenslanders uh, see you out there at University of Queensland on the weekend. Matt and Hugh, thanks for your time. Thanks to Nick in the booth, and uh, we'll catch you all next week. Heels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Regan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a de beer. Well then, fellas, I hope you enjoyed my comments. That's <laughs> All right. Sounds uh, good. Why do I do this? Right. <laughs> <laughs>